0: Hello, everybody. This is a quick note to say thank you so much for your emails and stories that you send me about our episodes. I really, truly enjoy reading them. Um, For those of you that don't know, we have an email here at 50 Conversations. You can reach me at hello at 50conversations.com. That's the number 50. And a quick note for those of you that are looking for a career coach, just to let you know, I am no longer a career coach. I actually transitioned out of career coaching and into training and speaking, as well as doing some conversational design on the side. So I am no longer a career coach and I cannot help you work through your challenges, but that's why this podcast exists. Also, I have a new book. It's called Punch Out in the Face, How to Upskill, Change Careers, and Beat the Robots. And that's going to walk you through all the glorious advice that I'd give you if I were a career coach. So send me a note, say hello, share your stories, or you know, send someone else my way um, that wants to share their career change story on this podcast. I'd love to hear from you.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 50 Conversations. This is Nicole Merrill, and I am your host for these career conversations where we dive into everybody's professional background and figure out how they got to where they're at right now, specifically talking to career changers and uh, learning a little bit about their journey and um, how they made their career shifts. Um, For the last several podcasts, I've been looking for adjectives to describe how excited I am for my guest today. And so today's adjective, I can say right now that I am absolutely elated to introduce my guest, Kelly Nissel. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. Welcome. Um, our listeners already know that I get to talking to you before we actually start recording. And um, I can tell you, uh, listeners, uh, Kelly's had quite the journey. And so um, I'm thrilled to get started today so we can dive right in. Um, and my first question for all the guests that come on the program is, what are you doing for work right now?
2: Currently, I, my job title is actually very long. It, okay. Okay. Uh, senior Salesforce Business Operations Analyst. Ooh, and I work for a marketing automation company. Uh, they make marketing automation software. Okay, so do you, this is I love that huge title. Can you break
1: that down and tell me what does that look like? Like, what does that look like as a job?
2: Um, it's actually pretty uh, technical. But there's also an element of like some project management and some business process, best practices that goes into that. Uh Um, Basically, what I do day to day is um, configuration and administration of um, a fairly large Salesforce environment for the company that I work for. And I take their business requirements um, from marketing to sales to financial reporting, all of that, and I turn it into the technical bits and pieces behind the scenes that help connect the dots and give them a view of the business. Whew.
1: Yeah. No wonder you need so many words to
2: describe your (laughs) title. That is amazing. I always have to think about that title, too. It's so long. I'm like, what? What? (laughs) What's another word? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple conversations
1: um throughout this podcast where, you know, I've had to, you know, tell people, you know, ask people to describe what they do because, you know, we're kind of in this space now where we have, there's so many different kinds of titles and it's really right. not evident when you ask somebody, well, what is that, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm- I know I used to be an associate director in higher ed and it's like, well, that could be anything. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) So um, I appreciate you um, sharing kind of uh, sharing your uh, explanation of that. Um, So I'm curious, you obviously are on this podcast because you have had some changes. Um, Could you take us on a journey and tell me, you know, what were you doing before? How did you get to this point?
2: Um, Honestly, it's been, a lot of life that has just led me here. I can't actually say that I have made a whole lot of conscious choices to get where I am. I, um, as I was telling you briefly before the, the show, I started out with, um, an anthropology degree from college. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that? Right. (laughs) Um, Wound up working for, um, a dental lab doing accounting work. Moved on to interior design, uh, working for a showroom as a fabric librarian. Oh, oh, Uh, that's right. Wait, I've got to pause you right there. (laughs) A fabric librarian. Tell me,
1: I gotta, I gotta ask. What does a fabric librarian do?
2: Well, um, I worked in this huge room, tall ladders, lots of shelves, the whole nine. Instead of books, there were large envelopes of different samples of fabrics that the showroom carried oh my so gosh designers <laughs> would come in and they would look at the samples on the showroom floor and then they would fill out basically like a checkout sheet and uh write down the numbers of the fabrics they wanted to take samples of and I would check them out oh
1: wow I bet you there's got to be a listener out there that's like oh my god that's my dream
2: like, <laughs> was actually so was really great <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's super cool okay keep going keep going I, I had to pause there I was like that's the first a fabric random. librarian
2: that's great <laughs> totally totally random right um, then moved on to a role in um, just doing admin work for like a construction design company and then from there kind of fell into um, like sales operations in tech oh, okay and- all of those changes uh, except for one, I made the choice to leave the dental lab and go play with fabric. <laughs> um, but everything else has been a result of a layoff. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, right about the time I was playing with fabric and working in a construction-centric industry, uh-huh. um, that was when the economy took a turn. Oh. Those were all the jobs that went. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I- I've been laid off three times in my career. Wow.
1: And you've been, I, that is, uh, thank you for sharing that because I think yeah. a lot of people, we don't talk about
2: layoffs, but they're so common. It, you know, it really is. And honestly, the first time it happened, I was devastated yeah. like, for a long time because I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how, how I was going to survive. But you know, you do and it happens and you land back on your feet. And then the next time it happens, it's still, it's pretty terrible, but you, you know, you can do it. Yeah. And then the last time I was like, oh man, my vacation got cut short. Got to go back to work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, I've been here. So actually, because you've been laid off, you know, kind of those three times, like how do you approach it um, for anyone that has been laid off recently? How do you approach it?
2: I would say when you are working, always keep in the back of your mind that it could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are so many changes people make, you know, as you know, during this podcast mm-hmm. uh, within their careers for so many different reasons. And there are corporate mergers and um, companies that just don't make it and all different reasons for people getting laid off. Mm-hmm. And it happens and it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think it's helpful to be prepared to, you know, keep in mind and kind of document, I guess, what you're doing currently in your career. Yeah. And, uh, make sure you're making those connections at work to people who maybe could be a reference later on, or they might know somebody that could hook you up with a job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if something happened. you know, it's, it's always good to expect the unexpected, I guess, is what I've learned. Um, I grew up with my grandfather working for the same company his whole life. Yeah. And, you know, that's like, 60 years, he was working for the same exact company. Oh, that's so foreign now. (laughs) Exactly. That's, you know, but that's what I expected when I was done with school. So that's why it was so, I think, devastating for me to lose that first job and to, you know, be in that situation where that wasn't a truth in Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think it's important to be prepared for the possibility that that could happen to you. Yeah. And also to keep in mind that it's not about you per se. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people get fired for things they actually do wrong, but, um, you know, when you and six of your co-workers are walking to the parking lot with banker's boxes of your, your desk, it's, it's not about you. And right. I think that's important to realize, but it's hard to not take it personally or internalize it. And you just kind of have to feel it when it happens. Yeah. Uh, I think I always find it awkward talking to potential employers after a situation like that. Oh, yeah. Because I... When you interview with somebody, um, the question always comes up, why do you want to leave your current company or why did you leave your last company? Yeah,
1: I wish we could just ban that question, honestly. Like, (laughs) what does it matter? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a dumb question because honestly, it has nothing to do with how I'm gonna do the job ahead of me, right? And most of us are really just making up things when we say that. (laughs) I can say, I'll say from my own point of view, I have lied, right? Oh, I had a really shitty boss. Actually, there was no chance for advancement, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's it's definitely probably easier to say, "Well, I got caught in a layoff," than right. it is to say, "Well, they just didn't like me anymore and right. I got fired." Right. Um, right. But I kind of practicing, I think, how to respond to that question. Yeah. Like, what feels true to you and how you wanna, you know, portray that to a potential employer because, you know, you want them to hire you. Definitely, definitely. But um, you also don't want to be like withholding of information or feel like you're not being truthful up front.
1: Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, we're all walking kind of like that delicate balance, right? After being and also there's the emotional component too, right? Like yeah. you want to get hired <laughs> and for some people, you know, there's, there's, there's additional pressures that come into going into a job like that. Um, I really appreciate what you said. Um, and I appreciate you actually sharing this experience, um, but I appreciate what you said about, you know, looking forward and being proactive instead of reactive right? You know, assuming that this won't happen to us, it just, it happens so frequently. I pay attention a lot to, you know, on the news, all the, even the smaller numbers of layoffs. you know, 500 people here, 40 people here, 30 people there. They don't make the news as much as like a company, a big company that might be like, oh, we're restructuring. And, you know, I think Disney is going to lay off something like 10,000 people in their next merger. And it's, these are shocking numbers, but it's happening all over the place. There was actually someone that was supposed to be on this podcast um, in a local company that just laid off about 40 people. Wow. And you know, and that's, those, those are 40 individuals who have just had their world rocked, you know? Um, And so I think that part about really just reframing things, like we're not in that, that one year, you know, single lifetime career. Right. Um, So it could happen. So you might as well, you know, start thinking ahead in your yeah. own job. And you, in your case, my goodness, like it's incredible to hear that you've been laid off three times when you look at like what you're doing now and you're in this technical role and you know, you've know you gone from someone who had this degree that's in liberal arts and managed to get in the technical space in a cutting edge field. And it's really incredible to hear that you've actually had some of these setbacks and then done so well.
2: Yeah, I, that's, Another thing that I just fell into was this technical role, yeah, how uh, did you fall into that? Well, um, I was working actually for a tech company. Uh, it was the first tech company that I started out with, and mm-hmm. I was kind of like a sales assistant sales operations type of role, and you know doing a lot of packing things for trade shows and organizing collateral and You know, those, those types of things. Yeah, And uh, we got a new VP of sales and I remember being very nervous after he started because it seemed like he had strong goals and vision for everybody else in the sales team, Hmm. except for me. Hmm. And so one day I, you know, having been laid off now, you know, a couple times I was like, okay, we have to talk. (laughs) Nice are you getting rid of me? Like, what's the deal? He's like, Oh no, I have big plans for you. Oh, we're, we're going to get Salesforce and you're going to run it. And I was like, Oh, okay. That sounds really cool. What is Salesforce? (laughs) So (laughs) it was literally like, here's some floaty wings. I'm going to throw you into the deep end of the pool.
1: Oh, wow. And you are just, just for our listeners, Salesforce is a big deal. Yeah, um, can you give some context for listeners who may not be familiar with Salesforce, like the role that it plays in organizations?
2: Yeah, well, it's a it's a CRM, very basically. Um, it keeps track of all your all of your accounts and your contacts, and it helps you drive each individual sales opportunity from start to finish. Um, and then, at a more complex level, uh, you can also run marketing programs out of it and you'll report on financials based on the opportunities that you have closed Mm -hmm. and, um, contracts. There's a whole contracting piece and keeping track of subscriptions and all of that. Um, yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So like out of the box, it's very basic. Uh, nothing is built out. Um, you basically have, Um, it's I don't know like a Lego set I guess that Uh you can make what is pictured on the box of the Lego set or you can turn it into a massive like Buckingham Palace of Legos (laughs) just by adding your own touches and your own pieces and um, it's just it's highly highly configurable. Wow and you were responsible for that. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So you have a boss come along and say, hey, by the way, this is what I got for you. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, how did you make that shift? Like, it sounds like it was kind of a learning. Was it a learning curve for you?
2: Um, a l- yeah, a little bit. Um, we, we hired a consultant initially, and I spent two weeks locked in a conference room with this guy, and he was really cool about taking me through like, okay, this is this, and this is how you do that. Um, but after those two weeks were up, I was pretty much on my own to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I used a lot of online resources. Uh, Salesforce is web-based, so I was living on the internet anyway. <laughs> um, Google became my best friend. Yeah. Uh, there were people in the company that had used Salesforce before as a user, mm-hmm. but no one as like an administrator or a developer on the back end. Yeah. So they knew that, oh, their previous company, they did X, Y, and Z. Um, and they knew how to kind of navigate and get around. Um, but as far as what, what was driving things, technically, uh, they had no idea. So I was kind of on my own. Wow.
1: I, you know, what's so interesting about this, just listening to you tell your story, you know, um, we've had so many conversations on this podcast about different ways that you fall. you know, that you end up, in a new career and some of it can be intentional and then there's this other side of just kind of falling into it. And I love about your story that it's like you've been, you've essentially been given this and it's like, okay, go. Right. Yeah. And you you're not taking a formal program. You have to like figure all this out from Google and your own, you know, self-determination to learn.
2: Yeah, you build it and hopefully it works. And (laughs) if it breaks or there are errors, oh, that all of your end users are going to tell you all about it real
1: quick. Oh my, and it's it's fundamental inside your organization, it sounds like. Because, I mean, this is what, yeah, right? Because if it's supporting sales and marketing and that's where the money comes from, my goodness, no pressure, no pressure. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) So after you've been in that, I noticed, um, because I creep on everyone's LinkedIn profile, (laughs) I noticed that you've got certifications and I'm curious, uh, because certifications, what I've learned about certifications is, you know, in certain industries they play such an important role in terms of, you know, career advancement and, you know, more money and stuff like that. Um, you're certified. Um, at what point did you start undertaking
2: these certifications? Well, I was kind of, um, I did it for emotional reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I, I knew about that. Yeah, I knew that um, Salesforce actually has a really incredible certification program and um, they do offer courses that you can take, but they're very, very expensive. Um, mm. But there's a wealth of information on the Internet that people who have gone before you have posted and you can consume at your leisure. Yeah, Um, there's a really great community out there um, if you just look and find it, which is kind of what I did. Yeah. Um, But we underwent um, a merger, a corporate merger, uh, after I had taken on this new project and role. Mm -hmm. And the company that bought us already had a director of sales operations and they had an existing Salesforce instance and um I think somebody might have felt a little threatened by me. Mm. Um so it was I I had kind of a work bully a little bit. Oh. And at one point it was kind of called out that well, I wasn't certified in Salesforce. And so that was sort of um interesting. Yeah, limiting my options for placement within this new company that I'd be much lower on the totem pole than I was in the company that was being bought. And so I said, Oh dude, screw you. Yeah. Hell no. (laughs) I was like, I am not standing for this. So I um, in tandem started looking for a new job in which I could just do, I I could focus on Salesforce administration is what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And also went out and got my first certification. Oh,
1: heck yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: Like, What do you think of them apples? Yeah.
1: Look at me now. (laughs) Amazing. The motivators that we'll find (laughs) in a workplace.
2: (laughs) So I, you know, I think there's definitely something to be said for going and paying the money and taking the test and being able to say, yes, I've done the work and I am certified, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, you know, up until that point, I didn't feel like it was important for me to have that certification Mm -hmm. because I felt like everyone I worked with knew that I had learned this over the last year and a half and I had built this thing and I was, you know, building more and cooler things. Um, So I felt very comfortable in that, in my ability and both and the recognition of my ability in the workplace. And then I realized that, you know, like I was saying earlier, you have to be prepared. This is one of the times that I kind of learned that lesson. Yeah. Like I can't take all these people with me to a new place and have them vouch for my ability. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have to have (laughs) something tangible to say, oh no, I'm going to tell you what I've done and that I can do this, but also look, here's this certification that says, yes, I can.
1: Yeah. I think that's such a good point to make, right? That realization that's like, oh, all these people aren't going to come with me. I can't get them all to give me recommendations for this job. (laughs) Yeah. And for our listeners, and I know we talked about this a little bit before we got on the the recording here, but there is a big difference between getting a certificate and a certification. And the certification is, is awarded by an industry body. It's developed by the industry leaders. And in this case, Salesforce, Mm -hmm. right? And that's very different from a certificate, Um, getting a certificate, you know, from like an online program or, or a a college or a university, those are very different things and certifications. um, It's important to make sure that you do your due diligence and make sure this is something that is actually related to the industry um, and has industry connections and um, actually advances your career and actually is a signal in the market because a lot of certificates
2: are not a signal in the market. Exactly. I mean, I could go take a weekend seminar and get a certificate. Yeah. But, very, you know, very I had to take a big test to become uh-huh. certified. I had to prove that I knew this knowledge and I had to, I had a narrow margin of error in order to pass. And then Salesforce, like most software companies, they have regular releases throughout the year where there are new features and there are changes made to the platform. And in order to keep my certifications, Um, I have to retest at every release. Otherwise, certifications lapse. And Salesforce has actually made it much easier in the last year to kind of keep those up. Uh, They've reduced costs and made it more accessible and overall just easier. But it used to be you had to go to a testing center and you, you know, they don't allow anything in there and you just have a computer in front of you and your brain in your head. Oh my God. I'd be like, I'm having flashbacks to like high school or something like that. Like the, the yeah. test I used to like take in
0: high school.
2: Um, exactly. And so, it's, oh, god, yeah, No, it's just, it's, I, it's important I think to make that designation.
1: It, it really is. Yeah. And I don't think people make that clear enough you know, there are a lot, especially with all the online courses out there and stuff like that, certificates are not the signal that certifications are. Right. Um, So in your case, uh, you have made these career changes kind of, you know, not necessarily intentionally, just you've kind of fallen into them. So
2: how many career changes do you think you might have in a lifetime? Oh, I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) I mean, I honestly, like, part of the reason I think Salesforce really resonated with me yeah. was because of like, I love puzzles and I love putting things together and I always yeah. have. And Salesforce is kind of like this blank puzzle. Like you don't know what the picture on the box looks like, but all of the p- the pieces fit very specifically together and it built something. Yeah. And now that I have found this, I would like to keep doing it. Like that is my goal. Yeah. Exactly. And my last two jobs now have been, um, Salesforce administration. And I, I see myself continuing with that for sure. I, I currently, I love my company that I'm at now and I'd love to stay for as long as possible, but you know, it's, it is tech and who knows, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, who, who knows what's going to happen with the industry or the product or whatever. Right. Um, But I could see myself making some different moves within the space, Um, maybe doing some consulting for other companies or, you know, moving on to another company that needs an admin, Um, you know, but I I definitely would like to see this be my long term career. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, what
1: I love about asking that question is you just get so many different results, right? And Mm -hmm. I think coming from your background stuff and the amount of um, intentionality and effort you've really put into, you know, this now, I think is it really speaks to kind of your commitment in this space. And, you know, tech is so big. We talk about tech as if it's like just a specific industry but it's it's massive it now it's in everything right tech isn't just you know these app companies or these these you know the googles of the world right it's everywhere in in the industry and so gosh there are a lot of options there really are (laughs) around and and play and since you're a puzzle person anyways it sounds to me like you're really good figuring out where you might fit
2: into an organization exactly exactly i mean there are other softwares that I've kind of picked up and, you know, put in my cap along the way things that connect to Salesforce or other um, business operations tools, um, things like DocuSign or a business intelligence software, uh, which I'm currently trying to get my fingers in as we speak.
1: (laughs) I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I want to play with that. (laughs) Collect them all, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, so if so in wrapping up, um, I'm curious, what would you say to others who are who are thinking of making a career change right now? What advice would you have for them? You give great advice on that, you know, being proactive. Do you
2: have anything else to add? Um I think proactive, yes, definitely be proactive. Um do some research. I mean, find five things that you think you might like to do. Do you want to learn to code? Um, there are so many really great organizations, um, even just like here in Portland, Mm -hmm. um, that will help you learn a specific coding language. And most are totally free. You know, you can just go to a meetup and you can ask people questions. And I think no matter what industry you're in, you're going to find people that are really passionate about what they do and about whatever career they have found for themselves, mm-hmm. find those people and talk to those people because they will they will listen to you and they will answer your questions and point you in the direction of more information.
1: Yeah. I think that's that's so good to hear. That is definitely a reoccurring theme that I'm hearing because I asked this question of, of <laughs> everybody, right? Because this is ultimately, this podcast is for career changers and people that are thinking about changing careers. And this theme of talking to people, um, is is so prevalent in the advice and I'm so glad that you say that because people you know people are willing to talk to you about things and they do get excited um yeah. to tell you things so no matter what it is getting out there I think is 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 one of the things and we tend to stay home right and just consume information on our phones or online and it's like no 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 you get out there talk to get
2: people there. even in yeah. the workplace I mean like I got told that I was going to now do Salesforce administration. <laughs> right. I you know there might be options in your company. If you're thinking about trying something different, look for openings in that department or, you know, talk to the hiring manager and say, look, I know I don't really do this thing, but I'm really interested in this thing. Like maybe, maybe I can't apply for this job opening now, but what can I do to get there? And, you know, if you have a good company and you um, have good relationships with the people that you work with, I think that's a super valuable resource. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a
1: great advice. I would say that's often overlooked, right? Our own place of work. Because when we're thinking of change, we're thinking usually of escape, but you could always, you know, go within. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, brilliant idea. Okay. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your journey today. I have now learned what a fabric librarian is too, <laughs> which just delights me. Um, and, but seriously, thanks so much for sharing and being so open about, you know, kind of the, the layoff question too and, and sharing where you're at. It's been, it's been quite the journey.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Definitely. Okay. So for everybody
1: else that is listening, you can find more conversations um, on my website at futureskills.blog or check us out on iTunes under 50 conversations. We'll see you next time. Hello, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that show. I just want to let you know about my new book, Punched Out in the Face, How to Upskill, Change Careers, and Beat the Robots. It is currently available and it's going to help you make some big moves in your career. I wrote this book for anybody that's stuck in a mediocre job because as someone who's had over 20 jobs in their lifetime, I have most definitely been stuck in a mediocre job. And I want to help you get out of that mediocre job because there's no shame in leaving a job that's uninspiring or unfulfilling. I want to help you make big moves.
0: So I wrote this book. If you're curious, check it out. It's called Punch Doubt in the Face, How to Upskill, Change Careers, and Beat the Robots. And it's available now.